1: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome back to the Anfield Talk podcast. I am your host, Ben, and today we are joined once again. It's been a while, hasn't it, mate? But uh, you're back now, which is good. Uh, how are you, Mo? You good?
0: Yeah, I've been good. I've been good. Still, still been keeping up with Liverpool, so, so it's been good. It's been good, man.
1: Yeah, no, um, absolutely, mate, and... Obviously, you you had your time away from uh, the podcast. And for those wondering, he didn't sack it off because we weren't good. He he had the Ramadan. So I hope you had a a good one mate, with your family and your friends and that. So, uh, yeah, that's where he's been. Um, But, yeah, guys, make sure on the way in you smash the like button, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And we're just going to have a bit of a recap today because we haven't done a podcast uh, regarding the last two games. The Fulham one, Um, I just think everybody had things on. The Brentford one, I went to it, so it was impossible to get it out um, on the day. So we're just going to briefly, I say very briefly for 10 minutes, talk about those two results. We're going to talk all things Alexis McAllister, a couple more players that might be coming in. We're going to be talking about the new sporting director that's uh, looking like he might come in, but then there's been a bit of a conflicting report. It's pretty hard to tell what's going on with that. But guys, make sure you get involved with the comments, smash a like button and um, yeah, let's get straight into it, Mo. So um. Yeah, the first game we just need to briefly touch on, mate. I mean, to be fair, I guess we can do these at the same time because it was pretty much the same game. We pretty much saw the same thing in both games. Uh, The first one was a 1-0 win, uh, a Mo Salah penalty. And the second one was a uh, 1-0 win with a Mo Salah uh, goal at the back post from Virgil van Dijk's uh, knockback. So, yeah, if you just want to talk about these two games briefly, mate, from your point of view... Uh, not the best performance, wasn't mate. But the three points is all that matters.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, I guess the the overriding like benefit that we got from both games was the clean sheets. I mean, since we converted to this new system where we're playing this three at the back in build up, and maybe Robertson's less advanced, but Trent is more advanced, and etc. We've been quite leaky in terms of the goals we conceded. You look at you look at the Spurs yeah. game, you look at the Forest game. Goal conceding goals has been issue, especially in transition, especially and also um, the way we defend our set pieces, also. But these two games, continuing with that new system, we've been able to not only create more chances, but also keep a clean sheet, which is the most important thing. The Fulham and Brentford game were, were two different, were, were similar kind of storylines in the sense that we scored we scored a goal in the first half and we were able to keep, keep the clean sheet, but the full, I feel like Fulham, in terms of the way they created chances, were much more so they were they were able to arrive in our box much more than Brentford did. I feel like Brentford, Brentford had more settled possession. They had more periods, long spells where they were able to keep the ball. But I don't think they really create that much from it. You look at, you look at the stats, one shot on target, only five shots. Whereas I, whereas I think with the Fulham game, they were able to arrive into our box and get shots off. You see, Alison made a fantastic save in the Fulham game. And they were able to arrive at the box and create those more clicker chances. So for me... The Fulham and Brentford game had their slight differences. I feel like Fulham, we were much more quite. We were much more confident. I mean, um, the Brentford game much more confident, much more secure defending wise, whereas Fulham we weren't. But like I said, the more the most important thing in both games was that we got the clean sheet because that that was necessary after 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 this the system where we started leaking more goals. But yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Spot on, mate. I agree with what you're saying, and um, I think the Brentford one more than anything as well. I think Klopp touched on it at the end of the game. He was just so pleased with how we defended set pieces because we know that that's one of Brentford's biggest jumps um, and that's what they played for every single time, you know, one of their players got the ball, they were going down trying to get a free kick every single time they put a corner in a free kick. We we dealt with it. And I think the center backs, I think there's a couple of moments where Canate looked a bit shaky, but in terms of dealing with balls into the box and stuff like that, that you've been alluding to, I think in the Brentford game, especially we were brilliant. And um, I think, um, Klopp said before the game sorry after the game that the night before they'd done uh, or a couple of days before they'd done the best set piece session they've ever done in terms of defending the set pieces um and then they went and put it into action against Brentford which was really good uh but yeah there's not really much else to say about that i guess it's old news i don't want to talk about those games too much in the stream but what i will ask you mate is last time we spoke you said top four was on and we laughed at you <sighs> And now we find ourselves one point behind United, who do have a game in hand, but they're absolutely rubbish, aren't they, mate? So is top four still on? One hundred
0: percent. And it's it's quite it's quite insane the way the way it's gone because initially when I said it, it was off the back of those wins against Brent, against the Newcastle and Everton where it looked like we were going back on track. and you know we had a, we had quite a bad spell with the Bournemouth defeat, the Man City defeat. Uh, the Chelsea draws. It, it was horrible. Yeah. It was horrible. And look, and the United were winning games. So it looked like top four was out of reach again. But I, I wasn't on the podcast, since so I wasn't able to get the apart for that. But <laughs> like, but now again, six wins in a row, eight games on B, and going into the last three games of the season. And it legitimately, top four is a genuine, genuine, genuine opportunity. Probably the most clearest opportunity we've had since since the beginning of the season. And it goes back to the overall point that I was saying that, like I said, over the over the last few years, since I mean, over the last decade, probably. The fight to get fourth, sometimes even third place, has never ever been a straight line, it, it's never ever been a straight line upwards. No, you don't have to be consistent to get fourth place. You don't have to be consistent to get third place. Sometimes you just have to make sure that in the right periods, in the right time, you're able to gain that momentum. And look and you, and you, and you look at the form. We have the best form in the top, in the tops, in uh, I guess um, from second to sixth place. We have the best form, and it's because of that now we're, we're able to fight and fight and and, and compete for fourth place. Spurs last I mean Spurs the last year they won on a fantastic twelve game on being run and they were able to secure fourth place. We can also do the same thing, also. I mean, it would be if we were to win the last three games, I think that'd be twelve games on being, if I'm not wrong, which, which would
1: yeah, be a we, we drew the two, didn't we, before this run of form. So um yeah. we obviously drew the one against Arsenal, the one against Chelsea. And now we've just That's dropped right. six wins yeah. in a, in a row be, with, Yeah, elect- a
0: Yeah, eleven games on being, which would be quite a strong shot into the, the season and it could in my opinion if we win the three games we get the four because I do think I don't think United especially with the form they're in right now the injuries they have right now I don't think they will I don't I don't I don't see them I don't see them getting the three points three three and uh, the nine points any because even if they were to get eight points um and we and we win all our games you would go we would go through in goal difference which would be cool no, would be you're, quite sucking
1: me, you're sucking me in <laughs> again mate you are yeah. sucking me in again um quite a
0: remarkable achievement what quite remarkable
1: yeah, I mean, I, I watched the United game with my brother. We went out for bank holiday because he'd been working all week, and we thought, you know what, well, let's let's go for a few drinks and see what happens. And if if West Ham did a job, then it's a, it's a great night. If not, eh, we've had a few drinks. It's a decent night out. Um, yeah, it was absolutely hilarious the way that they won that game. De Gea basically punching the ball into his own net. Uh, United just completely looked off it. And even like, the, I whole, the, he...
0: whole game, the whole the whole game. Yeah, just looking The whole game in general looked just quite poor from United. I mean, even the branding, yeah. they were quite. Poor. Hay made a mistake, and in the last game, the Brian they gave away the last minute person So it was unfortunate in the way they lost the game. But the performances in both games was abysmal from both them. So they they look like a team out of form right now. And so yeah, for and... us, that team I mean, in form. So.
1: United fans as well, like it doesn't. They're, they're not speaking with the same confidence that they once had. I mean, I don't know if you know, mate, from the top of your head, but how many points ahead of us were they at one stage? Was it like fifteen, maybe at one stage? I,
0: yeah, they had, the, they had
1: the capacity
0: because it was a few games, but they had the capacity to be need twelve, fifteen points ahead of us. Yeah, yeah. they, they before, shows, teams, like... I mean, Yeah, so if if they won their games hand, they would have been fourteen points ahead of us. I think twelve to fourteen points ahead of us, which is which is quite insane. So. But I mean, I mean, I mean, I I always say this. People ask me. I mean, points on board is is is, is it cannot be underestimated because you look look at the two games they had. They had now Brian and Brian and West both of them, and they're in a bad period. If if you're able to have points on board, much more is much it's much more because you really secure those wins. Whereas you never know when those games they had to come. Those games they had to come in when you're in a bad spell. If they if, perhaps if the Brian game came when they were flying a few months ago and Russia was scoring all those goals, perhaps they would have won that game. It's a very good chance they would have won that game, or maybe if the West Ham game, or maybe the West Ham game came a few weeks ago where West Ham looked, West Ham, West Ham were horrible, and 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 United were in good form. So points on board is 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 was always, in my opinion, preferable. So so I'm 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 glad we had those points on board. I'm glad we were able to capitalize when United were in form, weren't in form, and, yeah, and top four looks legitimately on, on on track right now.
1: Hundred percent mate. I mean, look, we, we all said, didn't we, at the start of this this run, all we can do is our job and then see what happens, see if anybody else can do us a favor. And United in their last three games have scored one goal and lost two of them. So, like I said about United fans, they're not speaking with that same arrogance and confidence that they once had, uh, looking down, seeing us in like eighth or ninth or wherever we were at one stage. I mean, it's you know, quite I mean,
0: just like just quickly, imagine how imagine the narrative, if Klopp was, to, if Klopp was somehow was, to, was able to, I think, I think it was left quickly. But the narrative, if Klopp was able to finish ahead of Ten Hag, would be, would be quite, would be. I
1: pressed the wrong button. <laughs> keep Sorry, I keep myself. I was just on. say,
0: in, term, in terms of narrative and a storyline, if if somehow Klopp was able to finish ahead of Ten Hag and get that fourth place, and perhaps, uh, United were to drop out. I mean the, the whole narrative and the way we've been speaking about Liverpool compared to the way we've been speaking about United would be would be would be, would all look like I mean everyone in the media would look like idiots. Everyone everyone would look like idiots because this was meant to be a, a season where Seven Syndrome Club or uh, he's not able mm-hmm. to Klopp club wasn't up for the task or one one bit of challenge in the club it faltered. And whereas United where Tanago he's, he's upped up the mentality, he's changed the dressing room culture, he's changed the environment, mm-hmm. he's settled new players. But all of that all of that seems to now be in doubt if somehow Klopp was ahead of Klopp was the future ahead of Tanaka Because mentality-wise, I mean, I, I for me for me, I always struggle with the point when people say, um, I mean, I don't want to speak too much about United, but I always struggle with the point when people say Tanag has changed the, the, the mentality and the culture at, at United because this is a team that's lost all their away games in the top nine teams. I mean, if you can't go away from home and go to a top team and get a producer result, there's no way you've changed your mentality. I mean, Oli was able to do that now. Tanaka so so from, from how, me, many, how many how many times
1: have they conceded five or more goals this season as well? So at least <athe mesmo> it's three, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't logo, know how yeah, yeah. you can say that you've changed the mentality when you know that every time they come up against a top team away from home, um, they, they, they don't win,
0: and it's they? not even it's not even a scenario where because you can go to City and lose, you can go to Brighton and lose. Arguably, that's that. I mean, what better teams have done that, but. It's the performance and the mentality. These these players look like when they get mentally tested, they collapse. And for me, it comes yeah. down to a lack of quality. The one the one reason why I always I always said that 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 the reason why we can get tough is because regardless regardless of maybe perhaps intensity, the application or out of form players or or or, or players the client is that. We still have players. who have been there and done that. We still have a plethora of experience within the squad, and we still have high quality players. I mean, we still have Mohamed Salah, we still have Virgil Van Dijk, we still have Alison Becker, we still have Trent Alexander-Arnold, Robertson. These are quality, world class players that still exist within our squad, and we also have the benefit of having the right conditions and the right environment, since that we still have Klopp, we still have the, we still, have, it's still around the same place. So for me, it's just about when, when, when we're going to get that click and 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 that switch back on, and and it looks like we've done that, and it's like we, we've actually done that. So. For me, yeah. if we if we gave, if we gain momentum we're unstoppable, whereas if United because because credit I mean some 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 leeway to the Nog and some credit to Norgue is that they're still they're still on this project phase or or transition phase. So 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 for us, so for us whereas for us we've been there and done that. We're in a phase where they are, we just they, need to,
1: they are they not, are they are in this transition mate, but at the same time they're spending two hundred million. Yeah, I mean I mean no time. I mean yeah, I get you know what I mean. For sure, nice. I mean, it's it's quite difficult.
0: It's quite difficult to give someone a transition credit when they've been when they when they're able to spend this much money each summer. But but the, but yeah, that but that that's, that's 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 what they are. That's what they are. So so yeah. I mean, so yeah, I hear I mean, your point
1: though. Yeah, I hear I, yeah. I your point. It's a, it's a new manager. He's come to the country. Um, United were in absolute disarray before. But my my thing is Mo is that. You know, look, we, I, I wrote off top for a long time ago. I think most Liverpool fans did. So if we do miss out on it by a point or four points, because it, it, it's got potential to be four points if they win their game in hand and we win all our three. Um, if whatever it is, if, if it's less than six, right, and, at the end, wow. Because this is our worst season on the Jurgen Klopp. It won't get worse than this. I said that in 2021. There were so many different reasons why that season was disastrous. I don't even want to go into that right now. But in terms of, like, you, you've actually got a squad. It's not going to get worse than this. And they're barely ahead of us in the in the table. And this has supposedly been, like, their comeback season. You know, United are back. Ten hogs done this. Ten hogs done that. Yet, we now have a chance. And, look, it's a small chance, but it's a chance of finishing above them.
0: Yeah, I guess I guess I guess the reason why is because I guess in the, the reason why we wouldn't say uh, twenty 2020, twenty twenty one the season wasn't as bad because once our players got injured, there was a kind of general expectation and consensus that we weren't going to win the league and everyone was ready for it. Everyone expecting it. Whereas if this season, I mean, quite fairly I mean, when when you think of being sick we said we sent an eighty five million pound striker and 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 we just came for a good triple charge. I mean, the natural inclination was that we would challenge again. I mean, and, and rightly so. And, and 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 so and so and we came see we also had British. So when we go from that to being languishing in eight and seven, and getting battered by Wolves and Brian, etc. <laughs> that, that's quite that's quite a, fun, a fundamental shock to to all of us. so for us, it's definitely been the worst season on the club, full stop, categorically. And, and 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 also we we got the luxury of we actually finished third uh, two years back in that season. So by far this week, this season by far this season has been the worst season, no doubt, no doubt in my mind about that. But yeah, if. Yeah, go
1: on. go on. No, no, you finish the footage yeah,
0: yeah. Just, just, just if we're able, if we're able to somehow secure the four, I can't even, I can't even underestimate how much momentum that gives us going into the new season. In terms of, we're able to not only secure and 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 also adapt to this new season that Klopp's trying to insert. We're able to. Sign the right players or go for the right targets with you know, the extra confidence. Because for me, I feel like we've still been able to attract the relative. We, we still have that pull because of our success in a few years, and 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 the club we are. We still have that pull to sign top world class players. But I just feel like it gives us that extra edge if we're able to get that Champions League, and also just the momentum it gives a the new season. Like you look at you, you look at perhaps I don't know um other clubs where maybe um City, City uh, in 2019, 20 when we won the league title. They they had they had they would they they um after post lockdown they won on, they won on a decent run at the last few fixtures uh like, with it being us and being brand five you no know, such they won on a good run for the last few games of the season and it took that momentum into the new season in my opinion so if we're, if we're able to just secure the style of new playing adapt to this way of playing and take that momentum into the new season I mean for me I genuinely believe if we're able to. Target the right, the white recurso, which is a midfielder, perhaps a centre back, a midfielder and a centre back. We're able to sign the right players, and also the players that we have now able to step forward So for me, there is no doubt in my mind that we can't. Why can't we change next season? Because if we're mm-hmm. able to this twelve game on being run, and then also add the quality we need, and and target the weaknesses in the squad. For me, the targeting challenging next season won't, won't, won't be an issue for me in my opinion.
1: A hundred percent, mate. And I said the same thing after after that twenty twenty one season to be fair, and I'm saying it again now. You know, that we've seen enough in the last five, six, seven, eight games, you know, and I'm confident we'll win the last three as well, um, to show that with this new system, which we may touch on in a bit, we'll be we'll be fine and we'll be up there. You know, we are making changes, we are looking for recruitment, we have decided to not sign Jude Bellingham, which you know it hurts, but in hindsight and hindsight is a wonderful thing. This team needs more than a Jude Bellingham. And I would still have preferred to get Jude Bellingham because that's a player that I love. That's a player that, you know, no matter what, I would still like when he's at Real Madrid, even though it pains me to say that. And I'm sure if we come up against Real Madrid in the Champions League, it's going to be horrible watching him play against us. But, you know, we are going to sign three or four players. That is a guarantee. And just before I get into one of the main players, because we are going to move on to the biggest, um, our new biggest transfer story of the window, because obviously Jude's gone. We've moved on to somebody else. We're going to get through some comments. Uh, Vex Blazer, thanks for joining the stream, mate. Says, don't see United winning three out of four there. Wolves, Chelsea, Fulham, all tough games. 100%. Fulham is definitely tough. They gave City a really good game the other night, didn't they? So that's going to be a tough one. Uh, don't see them getting nine points there, seven max. And if we win our last games, we get top four. Look, I said it and I'll say it again. All we can do is our job and see where we are after that Southampton game. Um, Eunice big up says Wolves, Bournemouth, and Fulham are all on the beach, unfortunately. Just need two United Jaws. That is true that's to be that's fair. That's enough. a very the, good point, yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, mate, like I don't think anyone's like expecting to get top four. It's more of a hope at this stage, and it's not in our hands now. That's what we have to remember. It's completely out of our hands. Um, so at this stage, like The pressure isn't actually on us in a sense. It's on United because if they let this slip, that is one of the biggest calamities in in their club's history in the last five years or so because they've been in that top four. They've been second or third all season long. So for them to drop out of it now would be a disgrace.
0: For us, for me, I mean, I've I've already got my win from the season, which was the way we're playing right now. I mean, that 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 that, that that's that's my trophy for the season, the, the this new system and the way we're playing right now. That's my trophy. And we're able to win the next three games. This
1: man right here, mate, number sixty-six. Exactly, bro. That, for me
0: for me to, to, what, to go 11, 11, 12 games I'm beating in the back end of the season to and and it's not it's not like a coincidence or some sort of line. It's because we've changed things. We've actually changed things. Yeah. And so if we're able to do that. For me, yeah. that would be the trophy that I have for this season, as weird as it sounds. And so, for me, I've already secured what I want from this season, which is which is a change. And I mean, I mean, how often will we hear from people? I mean, I mean, some some unfair criticism also of of Klopp or how when is this club gonna change things. But legitimately, for credit club. He's identified being the world's manager what we can do to yeah. to almost mitigate the weaknesses and adapt to the players we have, and he's done that, and it looks successful right now. We're keeping the clean sheets now, back to back clean sheets. We're scoring a plethora of man goals. I mean, the one goal in the last two games, but we should have scored way more anyway. But what and, and now we also look confident. In intensity backs, the application is back. So we look we look like a very, 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 very good team right now. So that for my wins from season again, top four would be would be would be insane. Would be i've an absolute incredible achievement. So for me, I've got what I wanted. And you and, the, and you're right, the pressure is on you I mean, we'll see how boom we we'll see how for me I think Boom of away is 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 will be will be a challenge. But I just hope, because I feel like Man to Chelsea, Chelsea form goes out of the window in that game. So hopefully we'll see what happens that. And also 100%. Fulham, Mitchell, which will be back. Marcus Silva, you know, Marcus Silva is a fierce competitor. I don't know if he got someone on the touchdown against Fulham, but he's a, he's an absolutely fierce competitor. So there's no doubt. I, don't, I mean, uh, there's no doubt in my mind. Last day of the season, revenge, etc. cetera, et cetera. There's no way. There's no way Fulham will be on the beach for that game, in my opinion. So we'll see. I mean, there's an, for me, for me, the great thing is that we've created an opportunity because regardless of everyone said, so unite, slipping. The reason why we're in the half was because of us too. We've created this opportunity for ourselves, so we deserve credit for that
1: also. Hundred mm-hmm. um, percent, and I agree with Pedro. Finishing strong will help recruitment because it would tell everyone this was just a blip, and next season we'll be back challenging. I don't think football players are stupid, Pedro. I think obviously on Twitter and the way you know social media is these days, um, you know it's all about banter and clicks and doing those kind of things and you know some people will think oh Liverpool won't be able to sign these players everyone's going to reject them even if we were in the Europa League or Conference League or not in any of them apart from the likes of Jude Bellingham and Mbappe you know those kind of calibre of players we will be able to sign our targets. We'll be able to sign Mason Mount if we want him. We'll be able to sign McAllister if we want him. We're, we're Liverpool. We're one of the biggest clubs in the world. And just one season out of European football or the Champions League, whatever it may be, it's not going to change anything. Uh, so I agree with what you're saying, though, to be fair. Uh says, which game is harder? Villa at home or Leicester away is 100% harder for me because uh, they're fighting for their life. Uh, yeah. I 100% I mean- think Leicester away is harder.
0: Yeah, Leicester away under the lights, and I mean, we've struck I mean, the
1: potential behind the skin,
0: man. I've been struggling at Leicester in recent years, I feel like we have, we lost that game in 21, in 2021, where we scored a solid goal, and then they scored three late goals, and come back oh, and had yeah. some mistakes, the year after, when we, we were in good form, I mean, we had a bit that bit Remember the draw as
1: well, when we was going for the title in 18-19, where Maguire scored, he should have been sent off.
0: Yes, no, but that was at home. I think that was at home. Danford one. Was that home? The, oh. yeah, that was, he yeah, I think it was. Uh, Robertson gave away free kick and then they scored.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, I think it was a home anyway. I might, I might be wrong. This season, but then, yeah, um, no,
1: but you're right. I, I think. Um, so I mean, we, it's, we it's, have... it's,
0: it's definitely, it's definitely gonna be a difficult game because what, what are they fighting for? I mean, v- v- Villa right now could get Conference League, etc. But at home, we did, we did play quite well like, against Villa a few weeks ago. Oh, I, so, I, I, I think fighting away.
1: to stay up make will will make you stronger than fighting to get Conference
0: 100. League. One hundred percent, and 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 the, and the thing about Leicester is that we still possess that individual James Madison, James Vardy, one moment can still kill us and hurt us. So is this is true. And, and
1: I'm going to get the head-to-head record
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that could be true actually because we did lose in 21, we did lose, I mean, we did lose in 22. We've lo- we've lost the last two games away at Leicester. That's a fact. So. Hmm. Here we go. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so... Can you guys see this?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, insane, insane, yeah. Yeah, so... We lost... Wait, is this... This is Leicester losing, isn't it? So, Leicester lost at Anfield in December. They lost at Anfield uh, in February. But they won like you say oh, King oh, power that was that was a look the model look
0: Salah missed the point that game and look once look once
1: yeah so we beat them yeah. at Anfield uh we lost again at the King Power in twenty one
0: yeah that was a crazy game
1: oh, yeah so you're right like that that is interesting uh but we'll get to that guys we, we want to move on uh but big up uh forever whoever we're speaking about that uh just before we do move on to midfielder top mate because there is a, a main guy that we need to discuss um, I want to talk about Mo Salah because I think, you know, I always believe in if you're going to criticise a player when they're not performing, you need to make sure that when they are performing, um, do you need to go and get your finger? Yeah, no, no, no. no, I'm good, I'm good. Oh, I thought, that, um, but I but thought yeah. that beep was telling you you need to go get something. So, yeah, uh, I'm just going right, to get this up, mate. And we're just going to talk about this briefly. Um, if you can see i was zooming in as well. I just want to read these milestones out and then we'll discuss them. Uh, so against um, Brentford, Mo Salah reached some milestones. I said this one till last. Uh, he moved up to joint fifth on our all-time goal-scoring list, matching Steven Gerrard in 186 goals. His 100th goal at Anfield, only the eighth player to reach 100 goals. Um, and he was also, well, he also scored his 30th goal of the competition and uh, you know, the likes of myself and, and plenty of others have said that Mo Salah hasn't had his best of seasons. Um, so I think, like I said, it's it's very important that when you are criticizing a player, because Mo Salah this season has had months and periods of the, the this season where we've kind of needed him and he's not really been there, but at the same time in the last six games, the last 10 games, you know, he scored, I think, nine or 10 goals back to back to back to back to back at Anfield. Um, and he is delivering again. He is, you know, proving that, like myself and other people that have criticized him this season, that, you know, he's not going anywhere. He's still scoring 30 goals a season. He's still getting over 10 assists a season. Um, he's a special player. And I think, um, you know, like I said, some of the criticism at times has been warranted. Yeah, it has been deserved. But also, I think, some people do forget how special of a football player he is and how special those numbers are because obviously we've got Erling Haaland that's just come into the Premier League who's just absolutely smashed Mo Salah's goal-scoring record. Um, we've had all, all these other players that have scored goals. But to get uh 19 goals minimum every single season you've been at a football club is incredible. You know, his work rate is incredible. The way he, he looks after himself is incredible. Um and Mohammed, he is the Egyptian king, and I don't want to get political on this stream. But in a game where we ugh, they tried to do whatever they did at the start of the game um, to celebrate a king, which I'm not again, I'm not gonna get, to, I'm not gonna get into that. But we celebrated the true king of Liverpool right now. Obviously, Kenny Dalglish is the king, and he will always be the king. And I don't think anybody will take that crown of him being the king. But Mo Salah is our Egyptian king. And, um, you know, we celebrated him. Uh, and it was a brilliant goal. I mean, Van Dyke did a brilliant uh, knockback. Salah scores. And to be fair, I thought it was going to be disallowed. I thought there was a foul in there somewhere. I saw Virgil wasn't really celebrating. I think he told some of the players, don't celebrate yet. Let's wait and see. Uh, but then he got a given. And Mo Salah absolutely smashed his record um and yeah when you look at the charts of how many games he's done this in as well it's absolutely crazy because uh you've got some players that have obviously have like 100 more goals than him but they've also played like 300 more games than Mo Salah mo salah has done all of this um in fact let me get let me get the exact stats up it's just been a breaking news tat tweet as well um, as I am live, which is lovely. We'll get into that in a minute. Uh, But let's have a look. Let's see if we can find... Here we go. So this is from lfchistory.net, a brilliant website if you want to look at your Liverpool history. Um Let me take the comment off the screen so you guys can see it better. Uh, if you listen on Spotify, this is why you need to start tuning into our YouTube streams because we get stuff on the screen for you guys to look at. Uh, so you can see Ian Rush is obviously top. I don't think anybody's ever going to beat him. Uh, 346 goals. But look at the appearance of 660. And that is no discredit to Ian Rush because that is a brilliant record. That's almost one goal in two games. Um, brilliant record. Roger Hunt, Gordon Hanson, Billy Liddle. Now, I'm not going to say factually because I don't know. I don't. no less for sure. But some of those guys would have scored goals for Liverpool when we were in the second division. I'm not exactly sure who, and I'm not exactly sure how many it would have been. Uh, But again, there's no discredit to them. They're all Liverpool legends, uh, all contributed to the club in their own way. But Mo Salah on 186 in 302 games is absolutely ridiculous. In 24,000 minutes as well, that's half the minutes of Billy Liddell um it it's mad. It's mad. And yeah, we're we're lucky to have him, aren't we? To be fair. Like like I say, we've all criticized him this season. We've all given him a bit of stick. We've all said, you know what, we need a bit more from Mo Salah. But at the end of the day, Cream, it will always rise to the top. And Mo Salah will always do what he does. And Mo Salah will always prove people wrong when you, you know, you think he's down and out he'll go and score 30 goals and just make everyone look like idiots. So, uh, yeah, I think I think as well there was a comparison to, um, <laughs> it's funny looking back at it now, the Aubameyang situation at Arsenal or Chelsea where, uh, you know, they signed the contract for big money. It was at Arsenal. He signed the contract for big, big money and then, there's a bit of a downfall and obviously that was just so exaggerated by rival fans and Liverpool fans but um it's funny to look at I mean, that I think, now I just I before do. I let Mo go just before I let you go mate Uh Jamie Phillips big up mate everyone go check out Jamie Phillips football chats subscribe you might even see me on there in the future because I have been on the stream with Jamie recently so big up mate thanks for tuning in Mo talk about Mo Salah mate give us your yeah I
0: was just quickly going to say I remember seeing a tweet I forgot someone said it but they were like they were comparing the Salah situation to Aubameyang, where they were saying, oh, I wouldn't be surprised." I think, I think, I think they, oh. I think everyone, I think people gave, gave a mistake to. It was a mistake to give Salah a new contract the same way, um, the same way, the, the same way Arsenal gave Obama the contract. And Obama ended up full and gone. I mean, I mean, that was that was the biggest false equivalence I've seen in in in, in a long time because the, the scenarios are not even remotely comparable. We talk about an Arsenal team that were collapsing, that were already horrible, that were already bad. Are you looking at are you're you a little team that despite him in mean, the season, I mean, it's not really, really a problem, but a little team that's super, business quality and also the most important thing is that Sal- Salah never lost that application. Salah never had that intensity issue. I mean, the one player we can never fight in terms of point. they're all in is, Mah- is Salah. I mean, I've never seen him uh, uh, not not willing to press or or walking on the pitch or having attitude problems or coming late to training or getting fined. I mean, when have you ever heard a story come out about Salah? I mean, we've heard stories, but so no. the the, the, the stories scenarios, the scenarios are not even remotely comparable. So that, that's that's one reason why it's worth giving Salah your contract because you know he's you know you, you know he's never going to let you down. And then when it comes to actual football and quality, I mean Salah's a, a a a world apart in terms of consistency and goal-scoring ability and playmaking ability and ability. Of, I mean, they're, they're two different completely players on different level. And it's crazy. S- season after season, we're having to talk about celebrating an insane record. I mean, to be <laughs> our top six scorers of all time, That's in like crazy. how many minutes... I mean, and look at the minutes played on that ratio. Like, it's insane to me. Like,
1: You know, when we signed him as well, yeah, I... I had no idea. Like, obviously, I think he scored like 15 goals for Fiorentina and Roma, which is good. But I had no idea he was a goal scorer. I thought he was going to be more of like a run down the wing, put it into the box find yeah. a winger. But yeah, what he's yeah, done, yeah. mate, is just absolutely. I mean, it's ridiculous.
0: credit. It's, it's credit. It's, it's credit to the way this. I mean, it's so weird how this all has worked out because Firmino wasn't a club signing. Salah wasn't even a club signing, really and truly. And Mane was signing all it was these. Brandt, didn't he? Yeah, I mean that's all these players. You want the guts, also but all these players just came together at the right time to produce the best front three, in my opinion, the Premier League's ever seen. I can't, I, I not I don't think of a better front three in terms of five mm-hmm. years of sheer world class. And you talk about an elite player in Salah, an elite player in Mane, and an elite player in Firmino, and Salah being the, I mean, you can say the star of, of the main star of all of them. So. It's quite, it's it's quite remarkable. Like all, all the minutes there, everyone's starting with like a five or four, three. You just have to start sellers, a star sellers one starting over two. I mean, Robbie Fowler's, I me mean, credit here. Robbie Fowler's record is quite quite insane too. But yeah, insane, insane, insane.
1: Hundred percent. And I'm just gonna go into Super Tiger's comment before we move on. Um, keep the same energy with all players and critis- praising and criticizing. Be aware that pundits et cetera, have a disliking of your team. They will always downplay your players' performances and exaggerate criticisms. Now, for me personally, mate i'm a level-headed liverpool fan um i go to games i support the team whenever i can and yeah there's no bias there's no agendas from myself if a player plays well fantastic if a player plays well i'll be there to criticize them you know i absolutely love darwin nunez and i don't want to get into him now because there's not enough time but again i've had to criticize him brentford there was two chances he should have scored from. I'm happy to do that. You know, if a player needs to be criticized, it doesn't mean you, you know, you, you don't like the player or you're writing them off. It's just fair criticism. Uh and like I say Mo Salah has had a bit of that this season, but he's also to like Mo said, he's kept going. He's stuck to what he does best and that's scoring goals and now he's scored 30 again. And, years and, and, and
0: the most the most important thing about what makes elite players elite? What makes great players elite? There's a certain intangible, a certain metric people can't really quantify in terms of numbers. Is their ability to to keep performing in spite, in spite of, in spite of adversity I mean, people forget Salah in 2020, 21 when we had that horrible all the injuries. I mean, he was our one mainstay. I mean, Mane and Firmino weren't, weren't great players that season. Uh, the rest of the team weren't great players that season. Salah was Salah and Allison but Perhaps the only constant, I mean, trying to sound it didn't wasn't, wasn't amazing either that season. It was Salah and Alisson, and Salah's with his goal scoring 22 uh Premier League goals as he's to, to, to fire to top for I me. Mean, even even this game, I mean, whether we like it or not, back to back games, one nil wins. Who scored both of them? It's Salah who scored both of them. So, this is a player mm-hmm. who inspired everything, inspired the best as well. You've
1: got to remember he missed he missed uh some penalties as well. So, to have the the ice cold in his running through his veins, yeah, and he, yeah, and he
0: ends up scoring. So it's for me, for me, for me, for me. You can never doubt. You can you can never doubt Salah's quality. I mean, what well, like what well, makes great player is great is the ability to keep going and also and also change his game a little. Bit. I mean, the Salah this season and Salah from 2018 are not the same players in my opinion. I mean, Salah's heat map year and year has become more progressively wider, wider, wider. And for us, me pre me personally, I always Salah still be directing inside, but. For me, he's still playing a, a fantastic high level. I mean, last season, he picked up the playmaker Would acquire acquiring the most assists. So he's been, he's been able to change and adapt his game and also be that playmaker, but also still have that ruthless in front of goal. So mm. it's been quite but expensive. Yeah,
1: no, 100%. Uh, we're going to move on, mate, uh, to something else. I'm just going to put a tweet out. Um, here we go. Just try to get some people in because everyone loves transfer talk, don't they? Um, like I said, we have a new main midfield target, it seems. We've shifted our attentions. Um, in the summer window which is about to be open probably like a month isn't it um, Liverpool have presented their. this is a while back from Fabio this is a few days ago Liverpool have presented their project and also financial proposal to Alexis McAllister the club will insist in the next week's discussions advancing but no agreement yet feeling uh, remains Alexis will 100% leave Brighton and it will be early and it will be May or June We have just got another one as well before we get into that. Alexis McAllister is going to leave Brighton. Oh, sorry. It's pretty much the same tweet. It's just from us. It's this one I wanted to get up. There's no changes uh, on Alexis McAllister and the situation for his future. He's expected to leave Brighton early this summer, and that is key, and we'll get on to that as well. Um, Liverpool are advancing after they made a bid-slash-presented project. That's interesting, to players' camp. There's still nothing agreed or done yet on the club side, despite reports. I think there was one nonsense report coming from Italy um, that we would reach an agreement or something like that. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not true. Um, but, mate... <coughs> What are your thoughts? We've not spoken since we've been. I think we, we kind of thought we'd go for him a while back, but since this interest has been concrete, we've not spoken, mate. So, what are your thoughts yeah. on McAllister? Um, do you see him being a good fit for us in this way that we're playing right now?
0: For me, McAllister would be an incredible signing, and 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 for me to just to give a bit a bit of context on McAllister, this is a player who's and like Tiago, an elite technician, and for me, I've always said that for us to play the way we're playing now in the context of the way the Premier League is, we have to raise the technical level in our team. I mean, it's all good having incredible engines and incredible roadrunners and incredible pressing machines, but we have to raise the, our ability, our technical ability and have more specialist technicians in the team. I mean, the one, the, I mean, for we speak about Thiago's flaws and injuries, as, but the one thing about Thiago that for me will always make him a good player to have in a squad is the fact that he still has that dual winning ability, that intensity, the application to win tackles, to go and press for nine minutes. But he has that an insane technical ability and technique and, and, and on the ball. So, for that, that makes us in possession when we're playing a low block or playing a team in mid block or, or dominating the ball six in position. He can find that penetrative pass, he can he can keep the ball under pressure, he can press for it. So, yeah. we have to raise the technical level. So, we have to find more players like Thiago that can still do everything off the ball on the ball that a club midfielder requires, but is also able to to be that specialist on the ball because like I mean, I mean like you look at Manchester City, you look at Arsenal, they have they have the players with the engines, but they also have technicians and that makes them that makes them an incredible team on the ball. And we have to have we have we have to find the we have to find technicians also. I mean, that's why Bellingham would have been a, a fantastic because Bellingham arguably has had both sides of the game, but McAllister, McAllister, McAllister he, to play for a a Robert deserve team, you have to have intensity in application anyway. The way the way the way they press the ball and the way they set triggers and the way and the way they chase after opponents, I mean, they're, they're arguably second to none, I mean, maybe second to none to the old Liverpool perhaps. But I mean, I'm, I'm, mm. and Pep says, has praise him in a similar way. So for me, um, a McAllister signing would be an incredible signing. I just, I just, I, just, I mean, I'm, I'm just worried about the prices because we all know how Brian are with, their, with, with this. I mean, they don't sell players for cheap. So it would be interesting mm. to see how that works. But, but yeah, an incredible signing for me personally.
1: Yeah, that is interesting because I think there was a report from David Ornstein um, a couple of days ago where there is some sort of clause in the contract that he signed pre World Cup but he's he's not entirely sure what it is. He's not entirely sure if it's a traditional release clause. Uh, But what he did say is it's a clause that would allow him to leave in the summer um, and it would be easier to help them facilitate a move. Now, again, nobody really knows what that clause is, but there is something in there which would suggest, like you say, Brighton are open to letting him go. The question is how much? And I think the realistic figure is about 60, 65. I think anything more than that. I'm not entirely sure if you know it's worth it to be honest he's he's an incredible player I've seen the guy play three times in the flesh Uh, unfortunately I went to the FA Cup game this season as well at the Amex Um, really good to am really grateful to get to a few aways this season uh, thanks to a really good lad that I know Um, but the result was terrible and he was amazing and he's been amazing every time I've seen him play against us and he's run the show. And I know people say, Oh, it's not hard to run the show against Liverpool's midfield. Like, come on, man. Is that what we're using as a metric? Like for me, it's, a, it's it would be a brilliant signing. And I think there is that argument where some people would say, I don't care if it's, if it's that much, it's not my money, et cetera. But, um, yeah, I, I just I agree with you, mate. I'm not sure what the the max is that we would go to, especially when there's other players like Mason Mount and Ryan butch that seem to keep being linked with us. Uh, but I would go all in on him. I'd make him the marquee signing, or like for at least the midfield. Um, I agree with what you say about Thiago. Thiago is an absolutely phenomenal player. We all know how good Thiago is. We won't see many players coming to this Liverpool club um, that are as technically good as him. Yeah. However, there is a huge concern there on the availability, and that's always been the issue with him and Abicater and a couple of others. So, if you get McAllister in, you know, again, he's not Tiago yet. He's only twenty-four, so a long way to go in his career. But what we are doing is we're getting another left-sided centre mid, and I believe that's where he'll play. Um, and that takes the workload off Tiago and what's probably going to be his final year. I can't see him getting any new deal. Um, then you can play one of them in the league, one of them in the cup, one of them in whatever European competition we're in, one of them in the league. You've got that option now, whereas before, last season, the COVID season, you know, even this season, Thiago's been great, but then when he inevitably gets injured for five or six games, oh, what's the solution now? Where do we go from here? And I know the argument's going to be, we need a six, we need a right centre mid, I 100% agree and I 100% want the same, but I also believe that getting somebody in that can play that left center mid role that can play thirty out of thirty eight games in a in a Premier League campaign. I think that's equally as important. And like you say, mate, the technical ability that this this lad has is insane. Um, there was a comment from Mohammed saying about how good he was against Man United. I completely agree um, against Man United, he was absolutely incredible. Um, And yeah, I think it would be a brilliant signing for us. And, you know, hopefully we get it over the line. And I think we will. I think there's so much smoke behind this one. There's Argentinian reporters coming out. There's Fabrizio Romano. David Ornstein keeps name dropping him. Even Paul Joyce said that he was top of our list. Um, But yeah, I I agree, mate. And just before we get on to the the director of football chat, there's this tweet, Mohamed, which I'm going to come to you for. Uh, This has just gone out now as we were live. Liverpool is looking for... Liverpool is looking for Nicolo Barella. That's an interesting word. Uh, they came to watch him versus Lazio. I don't know if he will sign, but Liverpool is one of the more interested clubs. What do you think of that, mate?
0: I mean, Barella. Barella's always been like—I don't know why—he's always felt like a career monster because we never had any credible links. But everybody in their head thinks that it's got to be an amazing player. So it's—it's it's been for to get a credible link, and uh, and and is quite quite reliable, reliable in the games for the whole. Um, uh Mina royola debacle but he's been he, he's no he is normally a, a, a reliable journalist oh, so yeah, I remember that <laughs> yeah so so that was bad yeah so but other than that I mean he is he I mean he I mean, respect to the journalist yeah he he's a he's a reliable journalist so I don't know I mean for me I always I always lean off of getting too invested in this in this kind of wedding because it's the kind of wedding that it's almost paper talk, and it says that oh, you know, Liverpool is on the radar for this, but it it doesn't actually use any of those sentiment or assertive words. It's just that oh yeah, he's one of their targets or kind of thing. Whereas like a McAllister thing, where we know that's 100% we're going for him. It's, it's just more of a, a generic and, kind of, oh you know, Liverpool's looking for this. So, but we, we will see, we'll see, man. Barella for me, Barella again. I mean, no doubt in my mind, a world class player, a world class technician, a world class engineer. He absolutely looks like he wants to die for Inter Milan. He was incredible against us last season. So, for me, a player again. That'd be absolutely perfect for us. But what
1: yeah, do you think of Luke's not, comment, mate? Do you think we could get him out of Italy?
0: That's that's something. It almost feels impossible because this is a player that looks like he's gonna. He wants. He he looks like he would die for. For those for Italians,
1: don't really leave Italy yeah. That often. Yeah, I mean, it would cost a lot. <laughs> it. I think to be fair, I think I saw a while back that was a they wanted like fifty, sixty million. Um, and how old is he? Is he like twenty-six. Yeah, he's quite young. He's quite young, yeah. 26, yeah. Um, he was in February. So, yeah, I mean, you've got him for five, six, seven years. Uh, so it would be a good investment. You know, the, it seems to fit that sort of sweet spot. When I say the sweet spot with our transfers, our big transfers, it's usually around 50, 60 million. Uh, you look at our transfers down down the years, and Cators, Fabinho's, um, Darwin Nunez. Nunes. Uh, Virgil van Dijk if you average them all I'm guessing it would come to 55-60 million Um, so it seems to hit that sweet spot same same as McAllister Uh, somebody mentioned Mason Mount I'm sure that would be a similar fee as well but yeah it's all up in the air mate and also something that's up in the air which we are going to finish talking about um, is this and I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name I'm going to try Liverpool expected to appoint George I don't know mate Sch- Schmad- can you do it can can you say that name George his name's George um as the club's new sporting director again, there was a conflicting report um today at some stage or was it yesterday
0: yeah, about like um, a saying that,
1: yeah, yeah like an interim sort right. of sporting director so what do you make of that mate do you know anything about this guy I mean, I, mean, from, what,
0: like... I, I guess I guess it, I guess th- I I think I can mean, to be honest I think it was a, uh, a one of the, one of those tabloids that uh, that reported it uh oh let me too it was the guardian so I mean, the Guardian and 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 and, and t- t- Telegraph, but but um, for me, I mean, I I guess that kind of makes, makes sense if it was temporary because we do need a swing. That's there's no doubt in my mind. He's where he the knows him, etc. So that can that might be the connection and link as to why he's coming, and also he's not really well established. So a temporary concern of mine makes sense, but. For me, I mean, I'd, I'd always rather continuity and stability when it comes to these kind of signings. This is someone that will take a long term vision, a long term plan, a long term direction. That's what made us so good. Always having that. I mean, that's that's why we always go to oh, Liverpool. Are not signing anyway, because you know our targets. We're gonna get them that long term vision. So, for me, it would be it would be yeah. quite concerning to hire someone temporary. But um, but yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, hundred percent. It it's definitely we need to look at for this window. Um, There is a bit of, again, a a bit of confusion on Twitter as to say, who's going to be in charge of the window? Is it going to still be Julian Ward overseeing the transfers that are coming in? Because we all know discussions will be ongoing now. So based on that logic, if, uh, if conversations are going on, expect Julian Ward to be leading those conversations because, again, we don't have a, a sporting director yet, a new one. Um, unless Jurgen Klopp and Pep Lingers are, are doing the conversations themselves, who knows what's going on. Um, Mo's just popped away for a minute. But, um, yeah, it is, it is interesting. I, again, I've not heard, heard of this guy. I've seen a few funny reports about him, about some of his um, antics when at games and some of his conversations with officials and stuff like that. Uh, I was literally coming home on the train from the game the other day and it came from my phone. And I was like, who the heck is he? A bit like uh, the old Conor McGregor meme. But yeah, again, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to talk about because I don't know much about him at all. Uh, But I'm not going to be one of these guys that just sit there and, you know, shout about it because I don't know the guy. He could go and make someone real signings for us. Um, And I don't want to be sat here at the end with egg on my face because I've shouted at him when I don't know anything about him. And then we go and sign some really good players. So... Let's see what happens. I think, I've said this before, the only way we can uh, fairly, you know, discuss what, what's happening in the summer is when the window shuts. If the window shuts and we've only signed one centre mid, maybe a centre back, that's not good enough. But we won't know until the window's shut. There's no point having those conversations now because we could, like, next week, there could be three centre mids that Paul George just drops on us that are about to sign for the club. We don't know. So the best thing to do is just, just wait and see. Um, and we're gonna finish with this comment from Maz Valise. Big up, mate McAllister, Agate, Barella Graven Is that who you want? Because that is, um, <laughs> that, that that's probably not gonna happen, mate. I can't lie to you. My personal opinion is, and this isn't based on anything that TAT or myself have been told, I think it's gonna be uh McAllister. I think he's you know looking like he's gonna sign. I think Mason Mount and I think Ryan Gravenberg just the three that we keep hearing. I think. Um, are going to sign. There could be a curveball because, you know, Liverpool do like to keep their business under wraps and one of them could be a smoke screen for somebody else. I would fully, you know, not be surprised if that happens. Say Mason Mount doesn't sign and we go and sign somebody else. That would not surprise me in the slightest. Um, but we'll see. We'll see, guys. But um, yeah, I wanted to wrap this up before the Champions League football before hopefully Real Madrid beat Man City. Um, So me and Mo are going to leave you guys to it. And uh, make sure you tune in for the next stream, guys. It will be after probably the Leicester game. Um, We'll try and do it on the night to have some direct conversations about the game with you guys straight after the match. I think that's always the best way to do it. But there's 18 of you in here, guys. Please make sure you smash the like button. On the way out. Thank you for joining us. Thank you if you tuned in from the start, or if you came in the last ten minutes. We appreciate it all. Um, big up to Mo for coming back for a, after a long time. But guys, take care, and we'll see you next time. My pleasure, guys. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network.